Right, okay. Um, as we said, we're, we're looking at um, Romans again. And we're up to chapter 11 now in our, um, our series of talks. Um, it's, it's a passage that's to do with the, the nation of Israel, um, contrasting them with the Gentiles, who are the, the non-Jews. And we can see, um, I've got five different points that we can look at, um, perhaps five main points that the passage is trying to bring to us. And we'll, we'll read it in a second, but just to, to go through those points just quickly, and then we'll expand on them as we go. So, point number one is that God has not forsaken his people Israel in favour of the Gentiles. There was um, perhaps a suggestion among some that, that God had done away with Israel, and now it was all about the church, and it was all about the, um, the, the elect and those who have been chosen. But, but we'll, we'll see that God had not turned his back on his people. Um, point number two is that there was a remnant of Israel who were chosen by grace. Uh, point number three is that through Israel's um, transgression, through Israel's turning their back on God, salvation came to the Gentiles, to the, to the non-Jews, and we'll look at that in more detail. Point number four is that though Israel as a whole, up to this point, had rejected the gospel largely, apart from a few, there will come a time when they will no longer be hardened, is the word that's used in the passage, and they will come to faith in Christ in significant numbers. And then point number five, which is the one that really applies to all of us, is that whether Jewish or Gentile, we stand by faith in Christ alone. And that's the only thing that counts um, in the grand scheme of things. So we'll, we'll read the passage and we'll keep those points in mind and, and expand on them as we go. So it's Romans chapter 11, um, starting at verse 1, and we'll read down to verse 24. I ask then, did God reject his people? By no means. I am an Israelite myself, a descendant of Abraham from the tribe of Benjamin. God did not reject his people whom he foreknew. Don't you know what scripture says in the passage about Elijah, how he appealed to God against Israel? Lord, they have killed your prophets and torn down your altars. I am the only one left and they are trying to kill me. And what was God's answer to him? I have reserved for myself 7,000 who have not bowed the knee to Baal. So too, at the present time, there is a remnant chosen by grace. And if by grace, then it cannot be based on works. If it were, grace could no longer be grace. What then? What the people of Israel sought so earnestly, they did not obtain. The elect among them did, but the others were hardened. As it is written, God gave them a spirit of stupor, eyes that could not see and ears that could not hear, to this very day. And David says, may their table become a snare and a trap, a stumbling block and a retribution for them. May their eyes be darkened so they cannot see, and their backs be bent forever. Again I ask, did they stumble so as to fall beyond recovery? Not at all. Rather, because of their transgression, salvation has come to the Gentiles to make Israel envious. But if their transgression means riches for the world, and their loss means riches for the Gentiles, how much greater riches will their full inclusion bring? I'm talking to you Gentiles. Inasmuch as I'm the apostle to the Gentiles, I take pride in my ministry in the hope that I may somehow arouse my own people to envy and save some of them. For if their rejection brought reconciliation to the world, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? 
If the part of the dough offered as first fruits is holy, then the whole batch is holy. If the root is holy, so are the branches. If some of the branches have been broken off, and you, though a wild olive shoot, have been grafted in among the others, and now share in the nourishing sap from the olive root, do not consider yourself to be superior to those other branches. If you do, consider this. You do not support the root, but the root supports you. You will say then, branches were broken off so that I could be grafted in. Granted, but they were broken off because of unbelief, and you stand by faith. Do not be arrogant, but tremble. For if God did not spare the natural branches, he will not spare you either. Consider therefore the kindness and sternness of God. Sternness to those who fell, but kindness to you, provided that you continue in his kindness. Otherwise you also will be cut off. And if they do not persist in unbelief, they will be grafted in. For God is able to graft them in again. After all, if you were cut out of an olive tree that is wild by nature, and contrary to nature, grafted into a cultivated olive tree, how much more readily will these, the natural branches, be grafted into their own olive tree? <clears throat> so, quite a sizable chunk that we've read. Quite a lot to unpack and, and get through. But, um, as I said, we'll try and get through these, these five points and, and, and bring, bring in the verses where, where they apply and see if we can make sense of it all. So first of all, looking at this idea that um, some thought that God had rejected his people, his people Israel, and he turned their back on them in favour of the Gentiles. But um, we know that that's not true from what we've read. So in the Old Testament, um, Israel are God's chosen nation, and he establishes a covenant with them. He gives them his law, and he blesses them in, in many ways. And they're a unique people that had a unique relationship with God. And we read in Exodus 19 that God describes them as his treasured possession. But there are things that we've covered already in our series that perhaps would lead some to think that maybe God doesn't look upon them in that way anymore. So in, in chapter 9 and verse 2 of Romans, we read of Paul's unceasing anguish over Israel. And there's a sense of loss as though some of Israel have been lost. Um, we read that not all who are descended from Israel are Israel. That was in chapter 9 and verse 6. So that's to say that although Israel as a whole was God's chosen nation, um, there was this, this new distinction between believing Israel and unbelieving Israel, or faithful Israel and unfaithful Israel. We've read that God chooses some and not others. That was covered in um, chapter 9 and, and verse 16 of Romans. Um, even amongst the Jews, God chooses some and not others. And we've read that the people of Israel have not attained their goal, the goal of righteousness. That's in chapter 9 and verse 31. And then finally in chapter 10 and verse 21, which we looked at last week, uh, we see Israel described as a disobedient and obstinate people. So there's all these, these things that point to, um, at the very least, a divided Israel. Um, split into believers and unbelievers or faithful and unfaithful and some no doubt would have, would have heard these things or read these things and come to the conclusion that um, God has turned his back on his chosen people in favour of the Gentiles but we see in the passage we've read today that Paul makes it clear that this isn't the case and he points to, his, to himself as an example, he says I'm an Israelite, Israelite myself 
And it's clear that God had not turned his back on Paul because Paul was his chosen um, instrument to reach the Gentiles and to, to spread the message among the Gentiles. So clearly God had not rejected the entirety of the Israelites. But the, the point is, the main point is that um, Paul makes it clear throughout Romans that God is his chosen people from both the Jews and the Gentiles. So it's no longer limited just to the Jews. God's grace and God's love is no longer limited just to the Jews. But it's for Jews and Gentiles that God has chosen. <clears throat> so for us then today, how are we to view the nation of Israel? Um, are we to say, well, that was an Old Testament thing, that God, God chose Israel in the Old Testament. Um, and it's no longer really applicable today that, that God's chosen Israel. Well, that's what some will say today. Um, there's a thing called replacement theory, which is the idea that um, the chosen nation of Israel has now been superseded by the church um, because of Jesus. Um, but as we'll see, and as we'll think about shortly, um, there are New Testament passages that indicate that God still regards the nation of Israel as separate or set apart um, for some future purpose and for some future glory. So, um, God has not done away with his people Israel. Yes, there were those who were unfaithful and, and who will fall away. And there are those among the Gentiles that will be faithful and be, be saved by God. But, but there will be some, at least, um, from the nation of Israel who will be saved. And we'll see that God has a future purpose for them. <clears throat> so, those who are, who are described as being the, the faithful ones or the believing Israelites, um, these can be described as the remnant the present remnant which um, Paul speaks about in the verses that we've read. So he quotes that passage from um, about Elijah. Um, and it's about a time when Israel as a nation was turning away from God. Um, to the point where Elijah thought that he was the only one left. And he was in despair about that. But in, in the story, God tells him that he's kept, without, he's kept aside 7,000 who had not bowed down to this false god Baal. So Elijah thought he was all on his own, but there were these 7,000 others that God had kept for himself. And just as an aside on that, on that point, perhaps we feel like that's our situation as well in, in our, our times today. Perhaps it feels like numbers of um, believers or, or in our churches are dwindling or, or we feel like we're um, a declining group of people. Perhaps it feels like we're fighting a losing battle or there's, there's no point in trying to go against the ways of the world as, as Christians. And perhaps we feel a bit like Elijah in, in that sense. Um, but God sees all and God knows who the faithful ones are and who, who are left among those in this world. And I think the, the point for us to take away from that is that we want to be counted among the remaining faithful, even if we're just a few. Even if it seems like everything around us is, is going the other way, we want to be counted among God's faithful. Um, so it's something for us to remember when we're, we're feeling down about this kind of thing. Um, God sees our faith, God sees our, our dedication to him. And we want to be counted among that, that faithful remnant. But coming back to the context of today's passage that we're looking at, um, Paul is saying that out of all the Jews of, of that time, of that present time, Many, or perhaps most, 
did not accept the gospel of Jesus. They didn't believe the message that they were being told. Um, and as a result, they hadn't attained the righteousness that they'd been seeking. But there were some, there was a remnant who did. And what's clear from, from verses 8 to 10 is that this remnant was chosen by God. It wasn't anything in themselves that meant they were a remnant that was um, special about them. But we read in, in verse, verses 8 to 10 that for some God had given the spirit of stupor, um, eyes that could not see and ears that could not hear. And it's a, it's a difficult thing for us to, to grasp this, this idea, but it's, it's again an indication of the idea of election. That by God's grace, some are chosen and some are not. And it's really difficult for us to, um, to accept that sometimes. Especially when we, when we try to line it up with the idea that we're free to accept or reject God's grace to us. We, we don't understand necessarily how those things can go side by side. But one thing we're sure of is that the, the book of Romans teaches that God, in his grace and in his mercy, has chosen some, both from the Jews and the Gentiles, to be his, his chosen remnant. And it leaves no room for boasting or arrogance because um, it's, it's of nothing that, that those who are remaining have done, but it's, it's God's choice and God's grace and his mercy. And we'll come to look at that later, the idea that some of those at the time were, were arrogant about being, um, being chosen from the Gentiles, but we'll come to see that that's not what Paul wants them to, to think. So we've considered that God hasn't turned his back on the Israelites. There's a remnant um, at the time who, who believe. And now we'll look at the idea that through Israel's transgression or Israel's rejection of the message, salvation came to the Gentiles. In Matthew chapter 21 and verse 43, um, Jesus has just finished telling the parable of the tenants. And we read that he says, Therefore, I tell you that the kingdom of God will be taken away from you, that's the, Jew, the Jews, and given to a people who will produce its fruit. And in Acts 13 and verses 46 and 47, we read, Then Paul and Barnabas answered them, the Jews, boldly, We have to speak the word of God to you first. Since you reject it and do not consider yourselves worthy of eternal life, we now turn to the Gentiles. For this is what the Lord has commanded us. I have made you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. So we have it there that um, it was always God's intention that when the Jews had rejected the, the gospel message, um, he would open it up to the Gentiles as well. We have the prediction from uh, the Lord Jesus himself in the Matthew verse that we read, that the kingdom of God will be taken away from the Jews and given to another people. And that's fulfilled in the Acts passage that we read, where um, Paul and Barnabas say that they're no longer just going to limit the gospel to the Jewish people, but they're going to open it up to the Gentiles as well. Um, and <clears throat> we have that verse there that says, I, I have made you a light for the Gentiles, so that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. That means all people, not just the Jews, but, but opened up to all people. <clears throat> I think at this, um, for this point, the, the tree metaphor that we read about is really helpful. So beginning at verse 17 of our Romans 11 passage, 
Um, Paul outlines this idea of, of a cultivated olive tree with um, branches grafted in from a wild olive tree. Um, and the idea is that the cultivated olive tree is, is God's people, God's chosen, who are healthy and fruitful and flourishing. Um, and the wild olive tree represents the Gentiles who are not God's chosen people, who are an outside people, if you like. Um, we read of the natural branches, some of whom were broken off. And this speaks of the, the Israelites, or Jewish people, and those who were broken off were the ones who rejected the message. So, throughout the Old Testament, the Jews have been God's chosen people, but now we see that some of them will be broken off. Um, and the Jews believed that they would be saved and they would be chosen by God just because of who they were, just because of their ancestry. Um, but it's as though some have now been broken off through unbelief. And then we hear about the wild olive shoot being grafted in. And that's the Gentiles um, from the wild olive tree. They're not of the tree naturally. They're not of the cultivated olive tree naturally, but they're grafted in in an unnatural process. And that's to say that though they're not descendants of Abraham, so they're not Israelite people, um, God has brought them in, God has grafted them in into his, um, his people. And so what does that mean for them? It means they're saved by faith. Um, if we look back at the Romans 10 chapter that we were considering last week in verse 20, Paul quotes Isaiah where he says, I was found by those who did not seek me. I reveal myself to those who did not ask for me. And that was the experience of the Gentiles. They weren't, they weren't the people who were devoted to God. They weren't trying to attain righteousness from God. And yet the gospel was brought to them. And through the simple act of faith and grace of God, they believed and they were grafted in, as we've read. <clears throat> so that's what the, the metaphor is all about there. The transgression of the Israelites brought about the salvation of the Gentiles. And the main point is that those who were not God's people by birth, the Jews, have been grafted into his people. And in a sense, we could say that the natural branches were broken off to make way for the unnatural branches. And that's amazing news for us, those of us who are not Jews, who are not um, born of God's people, yet we can accept the message of the gospel. We can accept that Jesus died and rose for us and dealt with our sin. And God has grafted us in to his people, into his family. And it's, it's fantastic news for us. And it's the, the heart of the gospel message. So moving on from, from that point to, um, to point number four, which was that though Israel as a whole have rejected the gospel up to this time, there'll come a time when they'll no longer be hardened, as we've read, and they'll come to faith in Christ in insignificant numbers. We read in verses 11 and 12 of our passage, Did they stumble so as to fall beyond recovery? Not at all. Rather, because of their transgression, salvation has come to the Gentiles to make Israel envious. And um, it's almost as though that the, the implication is that the salvation of the Gentiles in itself will make the people, the Israelite people, envious of what they've got. And it will bring them to, um, to come back to God and to come back to the gospel message. Um, and it seems to be suggesting um, that it will be a fulfillment of um, what Paul quotes in, in 
Romans 10, chapter 19, he quotes Moses as saying, I'll make you envious by those who are not a nation. I'll make you angry by a nation that has no understanding. It's that idea of, of envy and of the, the people wanting to come back to God. And so it appears that Paul is saying God is not finished with his dealings with Israel. And it, it appears that although things seem to be on hold for Israel at, at the time, um, there will come a time, perhaps after Jesus' return, when he'll resume his dealings with Israel. And he'll bring them into the full inclusion that we read about in verse 12. Um, it says, how much greater riches will their full inclusion bring, or their fullness bring? Um, and we're, we're straying slightly into the territory of next week's verses, so um, I think it's Steve, I'll leave you to, to deal with the, the difficult bits of that. But um, it's to finish the point, it's just to say that God is not finished with, with his people Israel, and he's got a plan to, to bring them back to him in significant numbers, so that they'll know the fullness that the Gentiles are knowing through, through the gospel. Um, and it's almost ironic, isn't it, that the, the Gentiles who are not God's people are knowing the fullness of God because they've accepted the, the message of the gospel. And they're knowing the fullness of God in a time when Israel have rejected God and are cut off from God. But we read that that won't always be the case. We read that one day um, God will resume his plan with Israel and, that, um, and they'll come back to him in that way. And so to finish then, um, the final point, and perhaps one that's of particular relevance to us, um, whether Jew or Gentile, we stand by faith in Christ alone. When we read about the, the tree metaphor in, in the passage, there's also a warning. Um, Paul warns the Gentiles not to consider themselves to be superior to those other branches. So if we pick up at verse 18, of Romans 11 again. Do not consider yourselves to be superior to those of the branches. If you do, consider this. You do not support the root, but the root supports you. You will say then, branches were broken off so that I could be grafted in. Granted, but they were broken off because of unbelief, and you stand by faith. Do not be arrogant, but tremble. So it's as if there were those among the Gentiles who, who were um, who had a, a sense of self-importance or, or an inflated sense of, of importance. And that phrase where, where it says, branches were broken off so that I could be grafted in, it's as if they were saying, God chose me over some of these Jews and he obviously chose me for a reason. Um, clearly I'm, I'm pretty special, perhaps they were thinking. But Paul is just reminding any who would take that view that um, it's not through any special merit of their own, but it's, it's through faith alone that they stand and the, the main point there is that faith in Christ is the only thing that separates them and us from being broken branches, as we've read about. We've read that God's people can be broken from, from, the, from the, the tree. And so if God's people can be broken from the tree, the suggestion is that um, those who are not his people stand only by faith. And it's faith alone that, that keeps them um, grafted in, as we've been thinking. Um, we come down to um, verse 22 consider therefore the kindness and sternness of God sternness to those who fell but kindness to you provided that you continue in his kindness otherwise you also will be cut off 
Um, at first reading, that can seem like um, Paul is saying that we need to press on and we need to continue um, living for God, otherwise we'll, we'll lose our salvation. But it's, it's important to remember that Paul is addressing the Gentile people. He's not addressing individuals. In the same way that Israel is a nation, um, at one time were God's people, but then um, turn their back on him. In the same way, Paul is just warning the Gentiles, if they don't continue to come to him in, in, um, in faith, then there will be many who will be lost because they haven't come to God through, through Jesus. So just a, a clarification there. It's not saying that, that those who don't persevere will be, will be lost. It's saying that the Gentiles as a nation need to continue down the road they're going in, in accepting the gospel message by faith alone. <coughs> so um, Paul is just saying, in the same way that Israel as a group were cut off, except for the remnant that we've talked about, so too the kindness of God will extend to the Gentiles to the extent that they continue in his kindness, as in um, they continue to seek him and continue to, to believe in the gospel message. <clears throat> so for us, that means that, um, again, as we've been saying, as we, as we looked at last week when we were considering the gospel message, um, the only way to God and the only way that we stand before God and the only way that we're grafted into God's family is by faith and faith alone. Um, we were considering last week um, the good news and how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. And it is good news for us, isn't it? The idea that um, Christ died for us, Christ took our sin away and Christ rose again so that we could have this relationship with God and we could be sons and daughters of God. But it's through faith alone. Um, and we're to remember that always. We're to tell other people about it as, we, as we've thought and we're to cherish it for ourselves, the idea that... Um, Though we weren't born into God's, God's chosen nation, we can still be part of his family and God looks on us as, as his own. So just to recap our points, um, God has not forsaken his people Israel. Um, yes, many have turned his back on, their back on him, but he'll one day um, have a plan for them again. Number two, there is a, a present remnant chosen by grace. And we see that God has chosen from both the Jews and the Gentiles um, those to be part of his, his plan and his people. Uh, number three, through Israel's transgression, salvation has come to the Gentiles. And that's good news for us. And we see that um, though the Jews rejected the gospel, it allowed um, Paul and Barnabas to, to reach others who were not Jews and bring the gospel message to, to everyone. Um, point number four, though Israel as a whole have rejected the gospel, in, in a majority, there'll come a time when they'll no longer be hardened and they'll come to faith in Christ. And we see that as being when Christ returns and he, he resumes his dealings with his people Israel. And then finally, point number five, whether Jew or Gentile, we stand by faith in Christ alone. And there's nothing else that can bring us into that relationship with God and into God's people. So just some uh, thoughts to think about on that passage. It's a difficult one to get our heads around, but... Um, there's some valuable things that we're taught from God. And um, as we'll consider next week, there's, um, there's some, more, some more verses about the, the future of Israel and about God's plans for his people. 